four, five. Good gaming morning to you, whether you're tossing dice, flipping pages, stroking that brush, or mashing them buttons, we have your six on everything gaming. I am Loki, Michael Smith, and to my right, my partner, and this is Basement Quest, as always. And um, last week, we brought you the first of what we were calling our um, AD&D, or AD&D, our D&D 5th Edition and Palladium Guides to Specific Classes. Yeah, you don't want um, to call it AD&D. No, Some, I don't. Someone will get upset. I'll trigger. Uh, oh, Roger. 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 Yep. <laughs> um, so this week, we're going to break down magic classes for you. Um, more specifically, the wizard. Um, and there are many incantations or their elements if you were um i will include uh the warlock also in this just because um palladium does yeah so uh, if they call them men of magic right exactly um so pretty much every every base of of magic we're going to be touching up on as far as fifth edition and everything else is concerned um last week i started the show with my guys so let's uh let's let's open the show with palladium all right so palladium uh like they do with the fighter class where they call them men at arms um they call them you know men of magic um, and they, they vary. They, so they do, you do have the traditional wizard, which is the pretty much a straight, you know, incantation type, you know, spell magic. They have, um, there's like a whole section of the ways of magic here. Um, so you have the wizard, you have, um, which is pretty much your stand. I don't think it's very too much difference between, you know, your standard magic user and D and D and the, um, wizard and palladium there's not too much different i was gonna say for, um, for D D, I mean obviously you have the sorcerer who actually calls upon the magics of right of the world around them and a wizard actually uses a spell book and you know so so there is you know there is slight differences on how they say invoke right the magic so one thing with palladium wizards is they're able to use what's called circle magic um, where they you physically draw circles and you kind of conjure things right which does take time obviously this isn't like traditional combat based magic but um one thing i love about palladium is they have all these circles actually drawn out in the book for you so you you know exactly what you're using it describes them in detail and you can learn different ones as you go that is pretty cool um they can use symbols and wards um so you know defensive type magic you know enchanting doors things like that with symbols and you know wizards are good for that it's a kind of a well-rounded type magic user right even though there's there are some more specific ones um the one the wizard can convert a spell scroll um i think they're one of the only ones that can there might be one other one there is a magic user in this system that they don't recommend players play but they're in there for game i was gonna say it seems like they they throw a couple of those things in there yeah they do Um, so uh what uh i believe it's the alchemist they don't recommend the alchemist as a player character because the alchemist is it's the foundation of magic maker essentially right. it's the foundation for all magic weapons in right. a game so to have a player be an alchemist you're like oh hey i'm just gonna build that you know plus 10 right. destroyer like, of worlds yeah it's like so we have a mission for you you need to go to this mountain and retrieve this magic sword and you're like bitch i'll just make it i'm gonna make it i'm just gonna make it but how um, long does that take about a month okay i'm, yes, I'm gonna take a month off i'll be back guys i just need to sacrifice one person uh you didn't like your <laughs> you didn't like your player right stab him in the throat um there's uh, penalties for unsuccessful conversion. So the thing with magic and palladium is there can be consequences for for failed, you know, enchantments, which I think is great for the game. Um, well, it adds uh, it adds that that you know what if what what could happen if uh yeah yeah I could be saving the world, but also if I fail miserably, I could be hurting a lot of people. One thing I love about the palladium system is they give <laughs> the game master kind of has um, agency to give player's spells right so you don't necessarily go up in levels and get spells you can actually learn new ones so uh, a successful adventure be like okay you the the king has instructed his you know wizard to teach you how to do this and you can learn how to do that so it's all it's all game master so palladium um what would you recommend be your your key uh attributes what 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 would you like to put your points into, sort of say, when you're when you're building a wizard in Palladium? Well, I will tell you. So there are minimum requirements. Like you do need to have a higher intelligence. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't necessarily have to have um, higher physical skills. Um, there's the requirements. Got to go through the book. So you need an IQ of at least ten or higher. 
um, they do recommend a high physical endurance. It makes sense. Requirement. I mean, you're you're channeling magic right, through your body, so because energy points is actually a very important factor of palladium, mm-hmm. what they call PPE and all. Yeah, that. I, I like their magic system. I do. Yeah like their magic system to be honest with you right so it's very very important that your body be able to take the pounding of of conjuring spells because you don't really think about like the 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 wreck you're going to do to your body right letting all this magic some of it evil um a some good, of it's pure evil yeah, even i was going to say a good a, a good, uh, good point on that is uh for you dragon land uh dragon lance yeah dragon lance dragon lance readers out there raceland uh what he did when he really started becoming that powerful force that sorcerer look what it did to his body his twin brother um there was the fighter, and I, I always forget his name. It started with whatever. But uh, he was, he was never. I was him. never a Dragonlance fan, but actually. He's, but it's just the same yeah. thing. You could see what the magic did to him. And, and for most wizards, I mean, heck, even look when, when Gandalf the Grey turned into Gandalf the White. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it aged him. It brought him forward. Like, yeah, he became more powerful, but he also, it, it did a toll on his body as well, you know? Yeah, and he, he couldn't remember a lot of things, too. Mm-hmm. He had, like, had memory loss. Yep. Um, but that's uh, the meat and potatoes of the wizard, really. Uh, um, what, obviously, what armor, race, armor. What race would you would you recommend in the Palladium world? The wizard, I believe. Uh, well, the races are broken down in the actual mm-hmm. races. Yep. We covered some of it. I, pretty much any race, I think, except for some of the minor ones. Like, uh, I don't think troglodytes can be wizards. Makes sense. They're not really born in. I mean, uh, they probably the, have them out uh, there. Which doctors? I think the and dwarves. Such. I think they said the dwarves are skeptical on magic. Even though I think I, you can be. No, I remember that. Yeah, the dwarves. You can be some magic character, but I don't think it was a wizard. Right. But the probably the best ones, obviously, is human elf. Um, and I believe um, I believe changelings can be wizards as well. They would be a good one. Um, but if you're just starting out, wizard is probably the best one to start with. Human characters are always easier to play. Right. Plus you know, human uh, or elf. Yeah, they, they're usually pretty vanilla, but they also grant you some pretty good bonuses. Although so. I've always wondered like what it'd be like to be like a gnome wizard and and see if you could see if you could not OP but definitely uh, jack up that right, character. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. So that's part of the fun, it's part of the challenge. So <laughs> All right, so I'm going to break down um the, the beginning uh, requirements pretty much for the D&D 5th edition wizard. Now obviously it's the same idea. Um your constitution, which is your physical endurance and platinum, is very important. Dexterity also plays a very good role in that because that's going to help you with your armor class, which isn't going to be that high to begin with. Um, so that's going to be nice. Obviously, you want your intelligence. Um, and some points, you might want to go towards wisdom. It depends on what you're going with for as far as your, um, you know, with, with your abilities and which, which actual decision you want to go with with your magic choices because there are very many options in the 5th edition world. Um so you have gnomes. Gnomes are a good race to go with. Number one, they give you a plus two to intelligence right off the bat, which you were just talking about, you know, the whole making a gnome mage. I mean, that's that's no brainer right there. Um, you also a forest gnome also gets plus one to dexterity and a minor illusion. Rock gnomes get plus one to constitution. So if you wanted to do a rock gnome, you get the constitution and that plus one to intelligence. Plus, he has a bonus history checks and everything as far as the alchemic objects. So that's that's not it's not a bad choice to go with right there. I mean, heck. No. Uh, elves pretty much they'll grant they'll grant you the plus two to dexterity. Um, they're also automatically proficient in the um, perception skill check, which I forgot to mention last time when we broke down the races for fighters. Elves always have that. They they it's an instant perception check just because the elves are so used to being out in the woods. They can't get jumped. They're big ass ears. However you want to put it, they're just used to being on the edge all time. So it's really hard to surprise an elf. So that's, if you want to go something like that, you know, uh, humans, obviously humans, you get plus one to two of your abilities. So you could choose whatever you want. If you want to make it intelligence and dexterity, boom, right off the bat. Plus don't forget humans are the first ones to get any feats that they want. They get bonus feats. So you can take different things like history, lore, and all these other things to help you become a better sorcerer or a better magic user, if you will. Um, and Tiefling, of course, are one of the best ones out there. Those are the, the half demon, half uh, devil, however you want to put them. Um, they have plus one to intelligence. They also get free Thermogy, Hellish Re- uh, Rebuke, and Darkness spells. Um, three of those spells must be cast using Charisma. So if you want to kind of use a Tiefling, it's almost kind of beneficial to almost go with the Warlock, which I'll break down later. But it's not entirely impossible 
to pull it off in any other way. But a Tiefling does make an incredible Warlock, which will go down. And last but not least, uh, Half-Elves are a really good way to go. Plus one to Intelligence. They get the Skill Versatility, which gives them two proficiencies and extra two skills. Since Wizards often rely heavily on Knowledge, it's a good idea to have that backup too. So you get a little bonus from the Elf, but you also get a little bonus from the Human. You don't get as many feats as the, as the you know, bread and butter human, but that's what you get right there. I should uh, not to cut you off no, entirely. But a lot of the bonuses in Palladium come from the race before you even pick your OCC. So mm -hmm. that's why it's not tapped in too much. So like you get a certain race is more apt to learn certain types of skills better because Palladium is very skill-based. It is. It is. We were talking about that the other day of, of just exactly how skill-based it actually is. And it's, mm -hmm. it is, it's incredible. Um, so I'll break into, um, first my first class which is the abjuration uh i can always i never fucking say this right <laughs> abjuration class it's a school of magic that blocks banishes and protects um at level two you get the arcane ward it's used to create a magical ward around you uh hit points equal to your intelligence modifier up to pl uh, plus four the ward becomes more powerful as you level at level six, you also get Project Ward, which you move your Arcane Ward into one of your friends as a reaction, and you can actually protect them. So if I have my buddy here, and he's a frontline fighter, and I want to take my Arcane Ward, which is a protection, it's pretty much adding AC to you, and now I'm taking my, say, armor-classed out fighter at, like, say, I don't know, whatever he's got, and then I'm adding four more to that, or whatever it is at that level. I mean, you're talking six level at that point. So you're, you're pretty much... Doing some Van Damage right there. Or not Van Damage, I'm sorry. You're protecting him from getting the Van Damage on him. Um, and real quick, I'll hit you with the next one, and then we'll go to you. Uh, Divination. It's pretty much gives you spells of disconcernment, remote viewing, and supernatural knowledge. Um, essentially, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, a, a, a supernatural bookworm, and he knows how to do that. Uh, Portent lets you roll 2d20s. And record the result. You later replace the roll made by someone on the high roll. The roll is high. You use it to check yourself. Eh, it doesn't seem that way. And number six is expert divination. It allows you to regain extended spell slots when you cast a divination spell. So that's pretty good. You get a freebie. You get a freebie spell back if you do like if you do decide to go down that route. Well, Palladium has something similar. Um, so Palladium has the Diabolist, um, Diabolist OCC, which is basically all word and ward magic oh cool so um very simple it can you know be used to cast spells on players objects rooms things like that um like i said the wi the wizard does some of that but the diabolus is pure like you said he's a bookworm he, right he's a magic bookworm right and the one thing that diabolus are known for are the power words more specifically the 19 power words um which play actually breaks down I'm not going to try to pronounce some of them because I see them. Yep. Like <laughs> simple or words or King Earth, but they have the simple words, which evokes power mystic. The devil words symbolizes evil and darkness. Demon Lord symbolize evil and darkness. A linking word like and or also. He's like freaking Naruto. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the elemental <laughs> words of power, obviously, earth, air, fire, water. Yep. Uh, power words of force and old one. The uh most of these are names of the old ones, which right. is part of the Palladium lore. Um, a, I'll say some of these. Agu, an old one. The word symbolizes life, birth, and rebirth. Irva, an old one, symbolizes death and darkness. Kim Narkmar, a dragon, symbolizes wisdom, power, and strength. Liktalin. Liktalin. I would never lick a talon. I, I would yeah. try to stick away from that, yeah. Especially, what was that, poison dragon? The, mm. the silver, or is it chromatic? Chromatics, yeah. 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 yeah be, they'd be poison. <laughs> Lickiton, an elven wizard, symbolizes duality and knowledge. Uh, Locum, an angel, symbolizes transition, dimensions, and change. Nitosa, an old one, symbolizes suffering, undead, and eternity. Tau Bo, uh, an exercise program created by Billy Blanks. No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. An angel symbolizes love, peace, and serenity. Tarmkin Toe, an old one, which symbolizes pain, hate, and treachery. Uh, Zai, the great old one, the word symbolizes power incarnate. Ya Akhmet, an old one, symbolizes power and light. Ya Blik, an old one, symbolizes fear, betrayal, and pestilence. Uh, Diabolus also know the secret of runes, so they use some rune magic. 
which uh, is basically uh, little symbols put onto objects, which um, they can use um, to cast spells, attack, protection, things like that. Um, uh, the Diabolist is typically the only one who can actually read runes. So anyone else that looks at them, it's, it's a bunch of gibberish. It's gibberish, to them, right. Yep. But the Diabolist can actually yep. read them. It's Same very, idea. Yep. Yeah, it's an ex kind of an exclusive language. And um, they are also known like uh, parchment that have runes on them become indestructible. So that's one little thing. The minute a Diabolist writes out runes on a piece of paper, that piece of paper cannot be destroyed. <coughs> um, they can understand magic circles. They can't use them as much, I believe. Well, they can. They can use basic functions. If They can learn that a circle is active, and they can try to understand it, but I don't believe they can use uh, circles themselves. It's strictly uh, a wizard thing. Um mystic symbiology so they can actually if you, you know, obviously you're in a dungeon there's weird symbols they can read some of that they're they're very scholarly wizard class or magic mm -hmm. class yeah um obviously they can recognize magic simple the uh for this one you need a little higher iq than a wizard you need an iq of 12 or higher and also wow, high good, yeah. so you you have to be really smart and you get major bonuses to education type skills yep. scholarly skills languages and stuff like that yeah like so, you said it's, it's the skill level thing that's that's palladium's right bread and butter and then there's a huge section on wards how they work immunity and stuff and um casting multiple wards and then it actually shows you the rune symbols so it's it's a pretty the wow yeah the if you're gonna play a diabolist you're gonna do some reading wow yeah you are <laughs> yeah you're gonna do some reading but i can't think of a more fun character class honestly if you're gonna do magic than the diabolist it does it does seem like it's pretty it's pretty freaking gnarly actually Ed. and um obviously i know i said, when i when we did ours i did the warlock if i'm not mistaken yes yes which we'll we'll get into yep. that too once we uh compare them but. yep so um i uh the next the next two that i'll i'll break down really quick for you enchantment Everybody knows enchantment. Essentially, what it does is it lets you magically uh, entrance other creatures. Essentially, it's it's just that um, you're you're taking them over, you're controlling them, you're charming them, if you will. Um, at level two, you gain hypnotic gaze to stun your opponent who gets too close to you, and at level six, you use instinctive charm to make your opponents hit their own allies instead of you. So that's like a true charm. So at like level six, you're truly getting the, the ability to actually take over a monster or a person creature. Um, your evocation. This is the school enhances your offensive elemental spells, such as that do frost, fire, or acid damage. At level two, you get sculpt spells. It helps prevent your area of effect spells from doing damage to your friends, which is huge people. One of the biggest things that sucks about being a magic user is randomly throwing that fireball off and not counting the six squares that it explodes from or wherever from that impact point, and your buddy just so happens to be there to take splash damage from said fireball. Well, as an evocationist, you can actually take the ability away from the spell and actually let your partner see the spectacular explosion of the fireball and yet not be affected by it. Um, at level 10, you get Empowered Evocation. It increases the damage done by all evocation spells. So, once again, Frost, Acid, Fire, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much steroids for those spells, if you really think about it. And um, we'll go last but not least, because I, I think you have one of these two. Illusionist, which is what everybody pretty much associates trickery magic with and pretty much the name says it all school focuses on tricks illusions and trickery play at level two you get improved minor illusion it lets you create an image and it sounds like a single uh it's pretty much usable as a single cast at level six you get malleable illusion it lets you change the nature of an illusion after it's already been cast creating an even more realistic appearance so you can almost think like uh like loki from from the um what is it, the Marvel Universe, how he can literally make a clone of himself and it can act out and it can literally die and it, and it feels like it's there. That's what you get at that level. <coughs> you got your next one? So the, the Enchanter in Palladium um, would 
kind of roll into a combination of the wizard and we also have what's called a summoner. Yes. Now the summoner, summoners too. Yep. The the summoner summoner is slightly different than the D and D one in the sense that the summoner is is the it's all circle magic really. Mm-hmm. So obviously the wizard does some circle magic. The summoner is pure circle magic. So they are like the experts of the right. circle magic. So they do the circles. They do the ritual. Things appear. They are summoned. Um, so obviously some of that is like spread out within two classes. And I believe we also have another class. I don't know if you guys have a straight class for this. We have a witch. Um, there is. It's not It's not said witch, um, sort of say, but in the warlock in the in the warlock class itself, yeah. there is a branch off from that. And now, a, yeah, and Platinum even puts in a, a little thing saying these are fictional witches. These are not like the right. real witches. So I know if anybody's practicing Wiccan, this is not Wiccan. No, you know this is these are the stereotypical yes. TV evil witch thing. Um, but the witches are uh, they do they are comprised of nature, natural magic, and they draw from powers of elements. The summoner, same thing, po- draws from power elements. Um, they can create um, creatures. Where I lost them. Where they went? Where they go? Where they go? Where they go? He lost his creatures. I know. Right? I lost them. Oh my god! You know, I thought having everything digital would be a good thing. It's, it's not always. See, that's why. That's why. Scrolling. That's why you got to put the uh, the bookmarks in, people. Yeah. I, Bookmark your shit. I have them upstairs. Bookmark your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. See, because it's like every magic user has like 80 pages of, all right, Summoner, here we go. Back to the circles. So um, the Summoner can be any alignment. They're not necessarily like an evil class or anything. Um, Some of these classes are written just to be evil classes. That's why I say that, even though Palladium doesn't have like pure good evil alignments. Right. But um, what's the requirements here? It's such a big section. This is... Playing a summoner also requires a lot of reading. There, there's some of these magic systems, that magic users that are just easy, kind of roll up the mm-hmm. character and jump into it like the wizard. It's fairly easy. Right. Then once you get into the ones that focus on a specific type of magic, you're doing a lot of reading. Yeah. Now, keep yeah. in mind, yeah, this is this this class that I'm just going over, like I said, once again, is just, just the wizard. I will break yeah, down both ghosts, the summoner insects. and the warlock as well today. Because they are they are different classes in themselves. Yeah. It's not like the wizard. Like I said, if you pick the wizard, you're getting the wizard, and then you have these different. Like I said, you can have, you know, abjur ab- abjuration, divination, enchantment, evocation. These are the different, say, classes that you can, or not the classes. These are the different. Um, I guess you'd call them uh, uh, schools. The different schools yeah. that a wizard would be able to use. Yeah. So the summoner has pretty much the same requirements as a wizard. IQ of ten. The ME is 14 or higher, so it requires a lot more mental endurance yeah. than well, a lot of Well, that makes them. sense because you're pulling. A, uh, a high MA, PE, and physical beauty can also be helpful because a summoner does require some per- a personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need a personality to be one. Um, pretty much, um, I think any, uh, any intelligent class or race, any intelligent race character, you know, humans, dwarves, gnomes, and all them, uh, some ogres and stuff, I think can be. Um, a summoner, but um, most dwarves again in play him shy away from magic because they don't trust it. Doesn't mean right. you can't do it, but they don't trust magic because of the. They break down the history of that, and they didn't, they didn't have a good time with it. Um, a lot of protection spells with the summoner, so obviously protection from evil, ghosts, elemental forces, fairy folk. Um, protection from old ones I've always found interesting because the old ones are supposed to be like the ultimate power, so that. The fact that a maybe it's but it's you can also think of it this way protection from the old one's weapons protection from like maybe there's an old one's uh dungeon or something that the magic is just you know residual and and you would like say you I don't know maybe but see it's comparable to like having a spell that's like protection from Odin yeah yeah I can see see that but but if Odin makes a weapon and I'm trying to get smited by this Odin said weapon and I have protection from Odin. Well, well I suppose, you know, I know, whatever. We'll let the dice decide <laughs> when all else fails. Let the dice decide. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff with this class, too. Like I said, the circle, the circle art is interesting. Um, you can like choose, you know, how the direction you want to take your summoner in. But oh, dang it, stupid pinky. But 
that's basically I'll break down the witch a little bit more in the next one. Okay. And the last thing that I have with the last school that we have for the wizard is the necromancy, of course, a.k.a. death magic. Level two, you get Grim Harvest, lets you suck away the life of a creature with him. Uh, you kill within your first level higher spells. Obviously, you get it back. Level six, Undead Thralls, lets you cast an inanimate dead on two corpses at once and lets you allow both of them to have hit points and damage as usual. So you can literally, like... That's the fun part. I mean, we make jokes about uh, one of our player characters, uh, Jacob, all the time. He's he's messing. He's he's a warlock messing at this point with necromancy. So we we make jokes with him all the time that he's just waiting for somebody to to croak and he wants to be pretty much lich. resurrect him. Yeah, he he does. He's looking for that office promotion to lich. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to break down every one of these schools, essentially, this is how it goes. Um, uh, at level one, obviously, use catapult to fling heavy objects at enemies, magic missiles to hit them with magic darts. Um, these are automatic hits. These are no-brainers. Cast sleep on some of them. Uh, Thunder wave, you can hit a whole bunch of people at once. Level two, you can get Misty Step. Level three, animate dead. Uh, counter spell, haste. And Melf's meteor, minute meters, which we've talked about, would be a good object, obviously, to, to roll up on there. So for your skills... You might want to think about, obviously, use Arcana to recall information about magic items and lore. History to understand, obviously, the world around you. Investigation allows you to actually follow trails, mysteries, get all the information that you're looking for for a specific item. Maybe you're looking for spells and you want a little bit of background on that. You need that. Um, obviously, if you don't have a cleric in the party, you want religion. That's going to help you with a lot of different situations and a lot of scenarios. So you want to obviously be in tune with that. The feats that you want to think of are obviously, um, there are four exceptions, Warcaster, Resilience, Elemental Adept, and the, the Spell Sniper. The Spell Sniper is really good because it allows you to actually make sure you're never missing. And when it comes to that, like so, so Warcaster gives you advantage on concentration checks, limited ability to cast a check such as that, so you can have up to a mathematical equation of a plus five if you do this right. Resilience gives you extra constitution. We've talked about the toll that it has, magic has going through your body. So to have that extra bonus, it's not a bad idea to go with. Elemental Adapt, um, this is what I told you about. Essentially what it does, it allows you to have two dice. So you always have advantage for your spells. An advantage... You you played D&D. You know how advantages work. Two dice, you take the best one. You cannot beat that. And the last thing I was telling you about, which is the Spell Sniper, doubles your range, makes your range spells ignore half cover, three-quarters cover, and gives you the extra spell damage all across the bones. You do not want to miss the opportunity. If you have somebody that uses fireballs or something like that, you want to make sure you get... Spell Sniper, without a doubt. It doubles your range, it triples the effect of the spell, and it makes sure that you're you're pretty much whacking the crap out of anybody that you hit. So that's that's one of the uh, you know one of the ways you want to go. The spells, obviously, I can't go through every single spell. There are, there are tons oh, yeah. of them out there. You want to pretty much form your wizard around you. If you are an illusionist, you want to pick more spells that allow you to create your world better, your illusions better. If you're an invocationist, like we said, we want you to, you want to get those spells that give you the the wider range of what you're doing. Um, all the, the objection where you're trying to protect your buddies. You want to get all these, the, the bonus spells that'll help you. Obviously, you get a, get a fireball spell here and there to, to do that damage. But, it's, but if you're not that type of mage, it's not going to help you to go that route. Play to your abilities and play to the, to the school that you chose. Game master tip or dungeon master tip. Uh, throw your players a little bit of a bone. Get them uh, some idea of the environment they're going to play in. So, like, obviously, when we started your campaign, we knew it was going to be dark sunlight. Mm -hmm. And that at least gives them an idea how to choose their spells. Right. If if they're going in blind and they're getting a bunch of dungeon crawling spells, and then you never take them into a dungeon, it's, it's a wor it was waste of money, time, and effort on those spells. Yeah. So throw them a bone and be like, hey, we're going to be in a very desert heavy area. So cater your character as if he's been growing up in the desert. Exactly. Or you know, raised in the desert. You know, and if they don't listen to you, it's on them. But <laughs> there you go. Then, then, then they wasted the but money. Throw them a bone. So like, right. like, um, like if I, people asked if I would ever run the played in fantasy game again. Yes, I would. And I know exactly where it's going to be. And I would tell everybody and people can 
pick their Can skills do it from there. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our second part of this. And we're back. That was exciting. Always. <laughs> Always exciting. So we are going to uh, break down to some random classes, and I'm going to touch on The Witch. We and talked a little bit about it. I'm going to follow up 5th edition uh, Sorcerer. Yeah. So uh, The Witch, like I said before, this isn't your traditional Wiccan character. This is in a dark. <laughs> yeah. But you can be both male and female. Doesn't matter. They're <laughs> exactly hardy har har. So the witch is an interesting character because they have a lot of history in the game itself. So they, especially the way that magic is explained in this, it makes sense that they have a lot of history into it. Yeah, yeah. So the the what Palladium has, they keep referring to throughout the books, which has always been. Even if you don't play these games, they're great books to read. Um, the Tristine Chronicles, they call them, where they actually highlight some of the history of the world. And the I witches. remember, yeah, I remember hearing those. Yeah, witches played a good big role in that. So, um, obviously, with the witch, a lot of it is natural type magic, mm -hmm. um, but there's also uh, allegiances to an evil being that they get their magic from. So there's a lot of that. You know, it's it's. Uh, uh, deal with the devil kind of stuff. Right. So, like I said, this is stereotypical Hollywood witch stuff. Um, to become a witch, a character must make a pact with an evil supernatural force. These supernatural beings are usually powerful gods of darkness, demon lords, or an alien intelligence. Um, some say lesser cousins of slumbering old ones. If you play Rifts, um, there's a lot of evil intelligences. Vampires in the Palladium game... Um, answer to what's called the vampire intelligence, which is an alien intelligence. It's really fascinating. And they, they highlight that in one of the source books. I think it's West, cool. Western Empire. Um, so Palladium vampires are kind of different than your normal vampires. They're, they just have this natural pull. But getting slightly off topic, I, I just love the Palladium vampires. <laughs> he loves Palladium World. I love Palladium World, yeah. <laughs> um, so the uh, making the pact with these evil entities, you get the gift of power. And you get to select uh, a few abilities, um, you know, basically however you want to cater your witch to. Uh, witches are impervious to, like, toxins, poison, drugs, disease. Um, you will you get to select one of these. Um, super tough, plus two to save, yada, yada. Um, the pact, the gift are powers that are provided as a result of an amicable arrangement. In most cases, the supernatural being cannot really take ownership of a person's soul but will in effect encourage such evil and decadence that the character will be forever lost to the forces of light and may well become the enemy of all that is good. So you're not possessed by an entity, but you can't help but be controlled yeah. a little bit by it. It's, For that it's, power. Yeah. Right. It's uh, it's um, it's lure. It's yeah. too strong for you to resist. You're, you're basically your lust for the power. Yes. Prevents you from not good. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's um, total total Sith Lord kind of stuff. Um, there are some minor packs, 40 years of loyal servitude. The Devil's Mark, also known as the Mark of Evil, is the third nipple. Ah! Note, that's nipple, not breast and nipple. The nipple can be placed anywhere in the body, but it's usually placed in the upper portion of the torso. This serves three purposes, to identify the character as a witch as a sign of ownership by an evil force, and to feed the familiar, which it's, which suckles from the nipple, drinking of the witch's own blood. Small amounts, of course. All witches bear such a mark. Crazy, huh? And then you get your demon familiar. Yeah, you get a demon familiar. Uh, you have your, uh, which it gives you eight attributes and everything. You can, like, r roll it up. So that's a lot of, lot of fun with there. Uh, to be a witch, you have no attribute requirements. So anyone... Pretty much can roll up. Anybody can be a witch. Anyone can be a witch. Um, you just have to make that pact with the with the devil per se, and you are a witch. And um, the uh, you're all evil. Apparently, all witches are evil, miscreant, aberrant, or diabolic. Um, remember, these are not people force forcing a devil or demon to do their bidding for the good of others, or even for selfish reasons, but people who are joining demonic mm -hmm. monsters as one of their face, faithful servants. Right. So, in all essence, when you think about it, you're playing a you're playing a monster. Yeah. If you're yep. a witch. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, I think I don't think there's any race requirements. Uh, you know, the usual typical down the line. But if you're going to play a witch, which I think would be a lot of fun. 
Um, it's a deliciously evil character, and you need to play it as such. There's no Glinda the Good Witch. Right. <laughs> right. You're you're you are yes. an evil bastard. You and, are an uh, evil bastard. Of course, the only way you can be killed is to have a house dropped on you. Which is true. Just kidding. If you're playing in But that would be fun. If you're playing in the in the Wizard of Oz uh campaign, this is the only way you can destroy one. Yes. And um most most of the magic is uh, there's a lot of summoning, there's commanding dead, commanding rats. Um and basically anything you, you could think from a witch, you know, you could do. So it'd be a lot of fun to be, um, I don't know how you'd got to be tough to play with a group of like, like you got five, like two knights, a paladin and a witch. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be a good fucking campaign. Yeah. That would be, that would end up ugly. Well, maybe if the witch I think the paladin prisoner. would probably end up smiting the witch in the end of that. I think, I think actually if maybe if the witch was a prisoner and it's like, we're bringing this witch to the kingdom of so-and-so. Uh, that would make an interesting game. It would be. I mean, because then you'd have to release the witch to help you because yeah. you get See, murdered. This is where you get creative with, with you. See? Games. See? So, we yeah. talked about a lot, this. A lot of, very lot of good times. All right. So I'm going to break down the sorcerers for you. Uh, essentially, sorcerer is a very – it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge to do. You don't have the versatility that the wizard has, but you have more slots than the warlock has. Um, you also have uh, pretty much what's known as uh, – it's meta magic. They use the ability to pretty much boost their own spells and stuff like that. So if you're accustomed to using a wizard, expect a lot of low-level spells using high-level slot spells as much as you get your limited spells known. The, like I said, it's a, a, a sorcerer pretty much is a, a blaster, a controller, a striker, and a utility caster. That's, that's what you can expect a sorcerer to be. That's what you can expect your sorcerer class to be. Um, the wizard is a powerful tool in every, uh, a wizard pretty much has a tool for every situation. If you know what you're doing, the spell, the spell lists that that's ability and, and the abilities welcome to a wizard, allow them to have a better, say, jack of all trades sort of thing than a, than the summoner, a sorcerer does. The sorcerer has to, has to pretty much be prepared and you have to be ready. Um, you have low hit points. That's that's obviously with all wizards. It's pretty much. I think most magic users are going to be low on hit points. Yeah. So you don't want to get hit too much. Exactly. And you want to keep your cleric close. Uh, <laughs> saves. Constitution and charisma are two excellent saves. Things that you want to kind of boost up there. Proficiencies. No armor. No shields. The most basic weapons. But the sorcerer list can contain um, pretty much things like insight and stuff like that. So you're not going to be a heavy hitter in the weapons department, but you are going to be a heavy hitter in the spell casting department. Spell casting. This is where you obviously are the big thing. Same way the bard does. You have a set number of spells that are known into slots. This means a sorcerer always will have fewer options available to them to the wizard. However, make up for the, they make up for the lack of versatility being able to argument the spells with the meta magic that I was telling you about. Essentially what they can do is they boost their spells. They, they make it you know, more powerful. You also have um, sorcerer points. These points fuel the sorcerer's ability, allows the classes to do a lot more than just casting spells. You have a limited pool per day, which um, I think they kind of almost draw off of uh, um, Palladium in that aspect. I like I like when, when they do these pool point ideas. Um, it, it gives you a little bit more versatility. You don't have to sort of say what they, what they say, learn your spells you you have the ability to to call upon you know these different spells to pull them out there can i uh, interject a Absolutely. little bit so it, that that's very similar to something palladium has so with palladium magic users um they have the ability they use like the points you know the potential psychic energy points mm -hmm. and all that um one of the abilities that most magic users have i think if not all of them is the ability to draw energy from the group yes so the if the players willingly sacrifice some of their points they can give it to their magic user friend and they can continue to cast spells um you also have if you're evil you can take them but it's kind of like a psych it's almost like psychic combat at that point uh um, right or there's also a a blood ritual which you like sacrifice somebody and you take all their energy or something like that and um, so there's, there's different ways to like, you know, right. use, use the entire groups energy, um, in your magic user there. And it does, 
it does put the group at risk if you're fighting a monster that feeds on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, you know, it's adds a little more cooperation to the game. Um, biggest, the biggest difference you're going to notice about a sorcerer as opposed to a wizard, your main ability, your main attribute is going to be charisma. Unlike wisdom, um, strength, dump it. You don't want to throw anything into that. Um, obviously your dexterity to help you a little bit with your AC, your constitution, you want to kind of bump up because like we said, magic does a lot to the body and having those extra hit points. Cause you already have no hit points. It's, it's begin you're going to get hit with magic. Yeah. Like um, magic weapons. Intelligence and wisdom is not a bad thing to dump into because it gives you protection against these wizard spells. So charisma, wisdom, intelligence, dexterity, Maybe some constitution. Stay the heck away from strength. Um, Unless you're Rob, in which case your magic user looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Eladrins are awesome for sorcerers because they get charisma bonuses and free teleportation. Half-elf, obviously, big charisma bonus. Um, Humans, like we said before, humans, especially in the fifth edition, you you gain so much for being a human. You can add, I've said it before, plus one to any attribute you want. And then you get the skill package bonus where you can just take feats and upon feats and just make your human like superhuman. <laughs> he really is superhuman. Um, Veridin, they get a constitution charisma bonus. That's that helps you if you want to go with that one. And that's about, I would say it with that aspect. I wouldn't go any, you know, um, maybe gnome. No, nah, gnome's more, more intelligent. Yeah. So I would, I would stick with those races that I just gave you. Um, and then I'll break into the first class. Um, the first class, and I will let you, uh, you'll grab that one. So subclasses, and this was, this is, once again, D- D&D 5th edition, you know, you just don't have your class, you have these subclasses that you break down into. Your divine soul, um, if you can't decide between playing a divine caster or an arcane caster, you play a divine soul. The divine soul has access to cleric magic skills. So essentially what it is, it's it's like having a... Um, a backup cleric out there for anything else that you might need or might, might have a chance of having. It's, it's a good way to make sure that your, your party is well-rounded if you don't have a cleric out there. Um, and then I'll do this last one and we'll let you take over draconic bloodline. You want to use an elemental adapt feature. Draconic sorcerer is probably the best choice out there as a sorcerer already infuses its powers with these meta magics, as it's called, the draconic bloodline calls upon the ancestors of your bloodline and really jumps out the powers. So your choice of ancestor only matters mechanically for the energy type that you're speaking of. That said, you want to pick an energy type which is frequently played with a lot of the nuts that spells options and the element affinity. Just for an option here, cold, a few less options than fire and lightning. However, if you took fire by four of the most one of the most powerful spells out there. It's also the one of the things that you can become more resistant to. So in its in its aspect, you're you gain affinities for bonuses, you gain resiliencies to this these said ones, and you get this thing at higher levels, the ability to fly. You literally get dragon fucking wings. So that's not a bad way to go. No. The only last thing I'm gonna touch on is a class that the players can't play. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. So there is a class that is not uh, an OCC. It's available to players. Um, there's rules for making them. You could probably let a player do it, but I highly advise against this. <laughs> because we were making a joke off camera yeah, about we were it. A joke. Uh, this is the alchemist. And the alchemist is basically where magic weapons and such come from. So they are, I would call them like the, the manufacturer class of magic. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Essentially, so, yeah. Um, basically, They're the Keebler elves. <laughs> you can be an elf. Um, the alchemist is a non-playing character class, meaning it's not an OCC. However, this fellow can be a valuable and fun tool for game masters. So, one thing I like about Palladium is they give you little things where you, where you as a game master, could play a character per se, and this is one of them. Um, the alchemist is a sort of magic specialist and broker, buying, making, and selling magic items, including scrolls, potions, powders, magic armor, magic weapons, holy weapons flaming swords, and all sorts of magic charms, fumes, herbs, poisons, and paraphernalia. Likewise, most alchemists are willing to teach wizards low-level spells for a price. 
and sell or exchange information, lore, ideas, theories, and rumors about magic, magic items, local figures of importance, and supernatural creatures. Most cities and many large towns are likely to have at least one alchemist shop or a resident alchemist. The prices are often steep, but the product is worth the price. So basically, this is your... So you're playing Final Fantasy, and you go into that shop. This is that guy in the shop. Yep. Yep. So you're playing that guy in the shop, the one that says the same thing over and over again. And um, they call them NPCs. Um, and they have... One thing I love about this has complete rules for creating an alchemist shop. Weapons and armor, same as the wizard. This Oh, this is hand-to-hand stuff, same as a wizard. Um, they can fight, so you could make an alchemist that you don't fuck with. Yeah. Which, you know... Um, well, now, especially he's mind. making the weapons. Yeah, keep he's mind. making the fucking weapons, the rings, the protections, all that stuff. He, you ain't getting through that. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind. So you don't want to mess with a guy that might have uh, what they call it, demon in a bottle. This is my latest thing, demon in a bottle. Let me yeah. show you. And the yeah. demon, Swish, comes, boom. demon comes out. And you're like, okay, okay, stop the demon. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just broke the bottle. I didn't, re- I didn't read the directions. <laughs> but... Um, and, and they are, like, uh, restricted by level. So if you have a certain level of characters, you can make a certain level alchemist, so you get appropriate equipment, appropriate spells, magic, because you don't want to start giving them big level 10 magic, and they're, like, level 2 characters. Right. right. One, the player character probably can't use it, for one, and two, they become OP on the player side, which, in my opinion, is just as bad as on the DM side. Or yeah, I remember, um, I remember hearing about a campaign, um, the, sons, the, the, the main characters in it, one was a son of Loki and the other one was a son of Thor and they just they they just went on a tear. They just had way too much, you know, way too many abilities, way too much going on with them. And as a DM, you have to be careful with that as well. Or as a GM, you have to be careful as that as well of not giving the player that much control and that much power, because then you have to really break down the world and, and, and make it more accessible to the others around him. And then all of a sudden you find out that these guys are slacking and then you make up for it. Next thing you know, you have a God campaign on your hands and no, no. you want to end that quick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that's when you should probably retire your characters, which yeah. we might talk on a future episode about yeah. ca- retired characters that we bring back every mm-hmm. now and then just for, uh, just yep. for fun. Um, this thing I really, Ooh, excuse me. This thing I really like, the uh, alchemist can make transformable weapons, uh, similar to magic marbles of transformation, except that instead of marble, the item can be just about any type of passive object, such as a belt, cape, cloak, walking stick, cane, staff, and so on. So they could create these totally innocuous objects, and they could be magic weapons. So you know, obviously a cane could be a sword, magic yep. sword, and stuff like that. So that's a lot of fun. Um, exp- um, cost would be 15 20,000 gold so that's expensive yeah. they are able to make rune weapons so if you are using the um um diabolist the alchemist can make rune objects for you and stuff like that um this they can make soul drinkers which are uh the greater weapons that possessed uh all eight abilities two greater power characters plus ability to drink souls absorb life essence uh cost 40 to 100 120 million credits sometimes wow. sometimes more so yeah, that's well, that's the most powerful weapon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is just giving and holy weapon. So if you're playing a paladin, um, the alchemist, and like I said before, rings, so. potions, rewards, oh, yeah. the whole nine. He that's a nine. Pretty much yeah. collects. He it's all makes there. It all. Uh, magic fumes, magic powders, yep. magic snuff. <laughs> so they have stuff that you can snort. And yeah, will will cast magic. You gotta so, snort it. Yeah, and then there's like complete rules for making the shop. I love it. It's it's great. Um. Just want a little fun extras on the uh, extra in the book. And uh, what you got? So we got a we'll follow up uh, after, um, obviously, the draconic bloodline. You have shadow magic, uh, powerful and versatile, good mix of all the abilities. Shadow magic bloodline is at its best in the dark. Who would have thunk? Um, even in areas of bright light, the magical darkness rules will give you a magical tower, massive tactical advantage, except anyone who's actually of the warlock. Or the devil's invocation, because they'll see right through your bullshit. Eyes of the dark, it's pretty much dark vision. Pure dark vision. And I will tell you, and anybody will tell you, there's nothing better than dark vision. Dark vision is pretty much exactly that. It's pure. It's like seeing in the in, in the light. Uh, strength of the grave. <clears throat> uh, keep you going. It, it's pretty much, you drop, if you drop the bit by an attack, it does a lot of damage. But against abilities that deal a lot more damage at once, like breath weapons and stuff like that. Houndeville Omen. Even at the higher levels, when a dire wolf stat block won't be threatening, forces disadvantages. Shadow Walk, which is um, 
essentially that shadow you'd be able to pretty much teleportation umbrum form um and that's a cheap little uh invisible essentially invisible so this guy this guy is exactly that he's a uh he's a stealth he's a stealth mage we'll break it down like that uh storm sorcerer this is the same thing so this guy is essentially invokes the elements uh winds temptation magic storms storm guy storm furies and wind soul so wow actually looks like at a higher level you get this thing called wind soul and you can grant flight for your entire party at no cost and without concentration very nice <laughs> so yeah you're pretty much you're a controller you're pretty much controller of the winds um you're you're controlling uh different tempests such like that wild magic now this is this is an interesting one we've actually brought this up a few times i'm actually i i want to see somebody play this because it is it's exactly that it's unpredictable <laughs> it's unreliable and it is very ineffective <laughs> but it's a lot of fun so here it is so if you can actually survive this whole min max situations it it will add some zaniness to your game uh magic wild magic surge if your dm forgets to ask you this role it doesn't matter <laughs> essentially what it is 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 you got to roll every time you do a spell and and there's a small chance that something catastrophic could happen so you always have to roll this surge when you do a spell you can't do it tides of chaos use this attacks when it's an absolute waste but it's great for savings throws and it can save your life and it's essentially allows you to re-roll a failed saving throw bend your luck when your allies fails a save against uh, death by two or one, it's heartbreaking. Spend the sorcery points to bring them back to life. So nice. You can bend anything, though. It doesn't just have to be a death, you know, death savings throw. It could be a modification for a roll. So you literally take your savings, your sorcerer points, and you say, whoa, what did you fail that by? One point? Nope. Here's my sorcerer point. You hit that now, buddy, or you live. And spell bombardment. This one is uh, pretty, it's pretty much the biggest die I use for the spell damage is D10. So on an average, you get 5.5 additional damage on all those spells. What it does is it takes that spell, slices it in half, gives you that bonus. So you can essentially walk away with doing 15 points on, say, an otherwise D10. That's just one D10, though. So if you have, say, 5 D10, now all of a sudden that turns into 15, 30, 45, 60, 75 points of damage, which normally would have only been 50 points of damage hmm. so nice little nice little you little, know thing to go with on that one move. right exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly um and then that's going to be pretty much like i said we can break down um all the spells for you guys but we'll be here pretty much you, got, you gotta buy the book yeah you, you really have to you gotta buy the book you have to you have to have the, the yeah the book essentially for that um multi-classing i will say uh, I, I told you with the fighter thing, I think fighter is the only one that really has a really good turnout to actually do a multi-class, but if you're going to do something with them, I would recommend probably warlock just to give you that extra bonus uh, and maybe bard. I, but I wouldn't go with it. I, like, I, you can me. multi-class a palladium, but you got to stop one and do the other. <laughs> me. So yeah, I, exactly. I, I would, I, I think with, with what they offer with some of the, the base OCCs, you don't really need to multi-class. I think you can have a lot of fun with with the warlock. You right. have a lot of fun with the diabolist. You can have a lot of fun with the witch. Right. You know. So, I mean, and I think honestly, with a witch, it'd be out of character to change. Yeah. Midway, right. because you you've made a deal with right a demon. Yeah. So you're pretty much made the deal with the so devil. The, the demon's gonna look at you and be like, "Are you moonlighting? <laughs> what are you doing, like, buddy? You are a full time associate." So sorcerers, you really only need charisma, which is a nice that that is the one bonus thing about sorcerers is everything is based on charisma so if you roll an absolute blah of a character you can still make a decent sorcerer um you're going to be playing the back lines a lot obviously because of that um but the biggest thing is when you have feats like the draconic bloodline and stuff like that you can upgrade your abilities i can't stress this anymore we've we've said it since we started making these guides the character is your character, your scenario, your world. When we're doing these guides, we're just simply giving you a simple suggestion of how these characters are, what you need to have them rolled and played. Now, if you would like further in-depth, say if we, we you know, sparked a little something in your eyes and you're like, oh, well, 
Can you uh, explain this a little bit more to me? Absolutely. Drop us a comment or reach out to one of us into our private messages or something like that. We'd be more than happy to strike up a conversation with you and actually maybe even break down some of our favorite spells that we would rock with that. Because I do have, you know, with with an invocation illusionist or something like that, you don't want to, like I said, go with fireballs and lightning spells. You want to be able to, to work on your bonuses and your benefits. Because don't forget, when you take that class, when you specialize in that one school, you get bonuses for using those school spells. So yes, you can go outside of your school. Yes, you can have that thunderbolt that you want or that fireball that you want or that magic missile that you really, really want. But you don't want to go outside of what your school is. You want to stay within your school and you want to stay within those spells and within that area of your expertise to make yourself a better wizard or a better sorcerer. And understand, like certain alignments fit better with certain characters as well. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like I said, Glinda is not a good witch in the no. Palladium. You know, you're going to need an evil alignment. So yes. I think with the Diabolus, you need a selfish alignment. Um play that character out you know the warlock saying any anytime you have a magic user that's using dark magic keep that in mind i mean you could be yes. lawful evil or you know in uh, aberrant as they call it in um, but it's still life. evil but you're still evil so you got to play that type I mean, exactly you're, you're an anti-hero magic user at that point exactly now, obviously you can be a wizard or a sorcerer and obviously you can play a very good character so keep that in mind the type of um alignment you want to be when you're picking your magic user class so don't yes don't pick one with the intention of being a hero if you're really supposed to be an asshole right exactly that's a very good point too very good point because we give we give points for playing characters out exactly and, and, and i and think take them away should. take yes. them away if they don't yep exactly touche my friend you yeah. are absolutely right all right guys we're gonna wrap this up for you next week we're gonna be breaking down clerics and i think we're gonna do rogues we can do some rogues. Um, uh, I got to do the site. There's psychic character classes in Palladium. Right. So I'm going to roll that into that because um, there's not like a pure right. cleric. Exactly. He's a psychic healer. Um, and um, I'll do some quick hits on some of the extra classes in some of the other books. Yes. Yeah, so we have uh, we have clerics and we have rogues coming for you for fifth edition. And then we have the size and we have the other one for palladium coming at you. Yeah. There's some extra classes. I may throw in a couple extra fighter classes just to like, we got to find warlock there, too. So. We couldn't find warlock today. So yeah, I think we'll that, find, we'll I, find warlock for you guys books. and we'll toss that one in there too. So, yeah. so look for warlock as well in the next palladium. Um, as a matter of fact, I still have to break down. Maybe we'll save warlock for when I break down warlock in fifth edition. Cause I'm not, <laughs> you know, so yeah, actually let's do that. Let's do warlock and cleric next week warlock cleric so warlock cleric fifth edition yeah. there you go and then he'll have his sigh and he'll have his warlock and we'll break it down from that and uh we're still working on some we're great content for you guys we get we have so much looking forward to drop mm -hmm. those likes subscribe subscribe hit the bell thumbs up share with a friend yes please do that and like we said reviews 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 are the biggest thing with out there that we we, we can't ask any more of you from that that is the biggest that is the biggest compliment that you can give us is the review. And the fastest way to make sure the show grows. And if it grows, we can get more exciting content for you guys, which we have planned. And right. I have the the rough details for our um, nice little uh, heroic holodeck main event going on. I'll be bringing it over to Ed and running it down. And we're hoping, uh, like I said, by April, we should be having our first one. I'm, I'm super excited Look about this. Giddy. I, am. I haven't seen him this giddy in uh, 20 years. And look for also, um, it should be dropped by today. You guys won't be hearing this because we're always a week ahead. But uh, be looking for the 40K battle that we just had with my son, Jake, and Brian. It was a huge battle. That's going to be fun. That was uh, my return with the Blood Angels. Eldar versus a huge robot, evil, dead, necrotic army in the Necrons. Yes, and look out. I got a book review coming out. I yes. just finished reading a book yes. that'll... Uh, uh, Empire of Imagination, the Gary Gygax story there. I just finished reading that. I'm going to give you a review. And um, and anything, it. guys, you have any requests, anything you would like, hit that comment. Let us know. Let us know how we're doing, like I said. And uh, we're going to keep coming back at you. We'll see you guys next week for uh, Warlocks and Clerics, 5th Edition, Size and Warlocks, Palladium. Good day and good gaming. Good gaming. Get out there and game.